Hi, my name is Kipper Jones, and you're listening to Real Chicks Rock presents Real Discussions with Michelle Dawes Bird. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock presents Real Discussions. I'm your host, Michelle Dawes Bird, and I'm always super excited to be here. And today is no different. It's the first Sunday of the new year. Decade. 2020. We can see. We got the vision. We can see. We are here. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Uh, we talked about it. Um, we said, when are we going to stop saying Happy New Year? And we're like, whenever we feel like whenever it. Whenever we feel like whenever it. Whenever we feel like it. Today, I'm excited. Yeah, because you see who's to the right of me. And we're going to, I'm going to introduce him in just a second. But thank you for all the new listeners that are out there. Um, just want to give you a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about the empowerment of women. And we do it by creatively collaborating to connect and raise awareness regarding issues that impact us as women. And we help to level the playing field by doing so. And we do it by community engagement public speaking, mentoring, our workshops, our programs, and the arts. This is the arts, which is what I like, (laughs) the arts. So we have a media portion, which we use to talk about things. And I talk to people that I kind of sort of like. I really like you. (laughs) I really like this gentleman next to me. Kipper has been on my show before, and we've talked about different things um, under different topics previously. But today, today is a conversation with Kipper Jones. Hi, Kipper. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> How are you? I'm awesome. Yeah, I'm I know awesome. you are. You look great. Well, thank you. I'm thank glad you so you're much. here. I feel great. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a new year. It's mm-hmm. a new decade. Yes. It's a new day. It's new, new, yeah. new, 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 it's new. All new. Yeah. Behold, all things are passed away. That's right. Time for new stuff. There it is. There yeah. it is. And you look good. You look like someone has like reset and you're ready for this whole new 2020 I am. experience. I am. All right. Absolutely. Well, that's good. That's good. Let's talk. So where are you from, Kipper? Tell the people where you're from originally. So I was born in Flint, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, do the math. In 1962. (laughs) So (laughs) January 1962. So that means I have a birthday this month. Yes. Yeah. I'll be 58. So looking forward to that. Um, But I was born in Flint, Michigan. Yes. Um, Spent very little of my early days there. Mm -hmm. But I was raised in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, My parents divorced when I was nine or so. Mm -hmm. And then I spent three very formative years, fifth, sixth, and seventh grade back in Flint. Okay. Um, Really? Yeah. Mm. And so that was was an interesting time for, especially for black boys. Mm. Um, uh, Dr. Kajunfu says that, Nine-year-old black boys are are just like at the most critical, pivotal point in their life. Mm. And so I, I was in Flint, Michigan for those three years and then went back to Los Angeles okay. for the rest of my Your time. pretty much yeah. my, my life until mm-hmm. I got real grown. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's been six years in Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which was, that's a whole nother movie, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> You'll get there. So tell me, um, just musically in living in Los Angeles as a teenager, a young man, what were some of the music, uh, type of music that inspired you or influenced you or you listened to at that time? Interesting. Um, I think, you know, as, as a, as a wee tot, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think my earliest musical memories are twofold. Okay. Church, of course. All right. Uh, my grandparents on my dad's side were Baptist. Mm-hmm. My grandparents on my mother's side were apost- apostolic. Okay. So I, I am Baptistolic by... Uh, <laughs> he made that up. I, I did. I did. Or apostolic or something like that. Okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> but um, so it was a lot of gospel music. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, my dad, interestingly enough, I mean, he wasn't a musician or anything like that. There was no music in my family. I mean, nobody was musical really? to no. Mm. I, I was the, the weird kid. Mm. Um, but, uh, my dad liked like Nancy Wilson nice. and Cannonball Adderley. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so they had great music around the house okay. when we were little. Okay. Um, but really the music really started to come when my parents, divorced mm. and I moved back to Flint, Michigan. My mom always pushed me toward the arts because she saw something. Okay. But when we moved back to Flint, um, I ended up playing first chair French horn in the Flint elementary symphony. Mm, very and, nice. Yeah. And, um, and then on the church side, we had an amazing church that we belonged to called new Jerusalem Baptist church, mm-hmm. uh, where, uh, Bishop Otis Floyd was our pastor and he was, 
not just a, a preacher, but he was the singingest somebody I ever mm, heard. Okay. Um, and I mean, he just had all this soul. And my mom says I would sit under him and just like, you know, gawk. <laughs> but I guess that's that's kind of where I got the the singing yeah, bug yeah. from mm. was there. Um, and then Jeffrey Lavalley, who who is still to this day the minister of music at New Jerusalem, mm. who also has a song on the new Kanye West record. Wow. Hallelujah. Yes. Salvation and glory. glory. He wrote that song. Did he really? That's my big brother, Jeffrey. So if wow. you're watching, sir, I said so. But, that's a popular but song. Yeah, so that's, that's a, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but he was probably much more integral in my musical development than he would ever really? know. Really? Really? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of where it got. And then when I came back to California, um, I started playing saxophone. Okay. My musical director at our junior high school said, we, we don't have no French horns here. Mm. We, we don't do that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I started playing saxophone and then from there singing and then that's how that So was out. it always gospel when you first started singing? Was gospel no, inspired or no? No. What was no. it, Kipper? I mean, because one thing about like growing up in Flint, like in the early 70s, there wasn't a lot of black music on the radio. Okay. My uncle Razel was integral in exposing me to a lot of black music. Okay. He, we sit in the house and he play Al Green here, shut down, listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's where I got the black music stuff. But as far as like radio, it was like all pop music. It was Paul McCartney and Elton John mm-hmm. and, you know, and all that kind of thing, which I absolutely to this day still love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was a much more uh, wide range of music. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, no, it was it wasn't just gospel mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm, you know, there were mm-hmm. a lot of other influences, and I just I welcomed them all. Okay, you know. Okay, uh, and my, my my mom wasn't strict about that. Okay, um, I suppose had I still been with my grandparents on either side, it might have been a little different. But I was with my grandparents when I got to L.A. and. They were kind of hands off because mm-hmm. they just wanted me to be okay. Yes. So yes, they they just let me do. And supported whatever I was doing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so. So your first singing opportunity, what was that like? What did you sing? <laughs> do you remember? Yes, I do. So we had a band. It was called the Horace Mann Junior High School Stage Band. <laughs> That's a long title. <laughs> well, we were in junior high school. We had a band and mm-hmm. it was called, the, you know, named right. after the school. And I played saxophone in the band. Okay. And for one of the, uh, we had a gig. I don't know, another school or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. But anyway, um, the singer that we had in the band didn't show up for whatever reason. That's what usually happens, right? For whatever reason. Yeah. I, don't, okay. I don't know. Now, that part I don't remember. But he didn't come. And we were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, I, I can do it. And they were like, you don't sing. And I'm like, well, <laughs> give me a shot. I, I, I think I can do it. You know, and they were like, oh, go ahead. Mm. And, and the song was... Um, Telephone line, bad connection. Mm. By, by uh, average white band called Person to Person. <laughs> Y'all don't know that song because you're not old enough. But Ooh. yeah, and all the little girls were like, <gasps> and they yeah. rushed the stage, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to put the saxophone <laughs> down. <laughs> and that was it. That was kind of it. I mean, I still played for a few years, but mm-hmm. it became more singing. And then I became like the front guy for yeah. every band that I was in and all that kind of thing. Mm. You know? And so yeah. you, this was like junior high school. Maybe you were 13, 12, 13? 12, 12, 13, 13. singing. Yeah. yeah, more like 12. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I kind of went through school early. Um, I didn't do, I was in first grade for like a week. Mm. Um it, <laughs> I don't know. The the teachers wanted to promote me from like kindergarten to like the fourth grade or Are something like serious? that. And my mother was like, oh, no, uh-uh, absolutely no. not. But, but she did let me skip like first grade. So um, so I graduated early. Um, I mean, when I left high school, I was 16. Wow. Because um, I, I was a year and a semester ahead of, of everyone else. Yeah. So did you like tour or start really taking music? When I got music? out of high school? Yeah, you really No. <laughs> no, I got a job. You got a job. Okay. <laughs> I got a job. But by that point, um uh while I was in high school, while I was in 11th grade, yes. um, there was a young lady named Tammy Ellison, God rest her soul, um whose mother was a Motown staff writer. Okay. Um 
and I'm more on that in a second, but um, she kept telling me, oh my God, my mother's got to meet you. You got to meet my mom, yeah. yada, yada. And I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> and so, um, by the way, uh, footnote, Tammy Ellison is the mother of a very popular artist producer called Flying Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. People probably know yes. very much now. But anyway, at that point, we were both just in high school. Right. And so uh, Tammy hooked up a meeting with my mother and her mother had, had my mother bring me to their house. Mm-hmm. They lived up in the Hollywood Hills and, you know, in this big fancy house and everything. And um, her mom was uh, sitting at the piano and she's like, you know, smoking a cigarette. And she's like, I have my little saxophone case, you know? <laughs> so I walked in, walked in and she's like, well, you going to play that thing or what? Cause she was like, so not trying to do, she's like, whatever, Tammy, I'll take the meeting. So, you know, and so I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pull out my saxophone and I go, um, mm-hmm. and then I sang, but I don't want to bore you with my troubles. Okay, so then she's just smoking her cigarette. She she looks at my mother. She goes, what's he doing tomorrow night about 730? <laughs> just like that. Just like that, right? And so my mom's like, I don't know. What do you need him to do, right? And so, so she gives her this address or whatever. And she says, have him here tomorrow night, 730, whatever. Well, that address was... Uh, Motown at that time in LA, they had these big, beautiful studios called uh-huh. Sunrise and Sunset. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, Mr. Gordy had built, you know, his LA empire. Right. And um, so I was to meet them there the next day. And that next day was my first day as a Motown demo singer. Ooh. Um, working for Marilyn McLeod and Pam Sawyer, mm-hmm. who wrote, um, If there's a cure for this, I don't want it. Right? I don't want it. So, I mean, they were Ooh. huge writers. I mean, among many, many, many other songs. Yes. Um, Pam Sawyer wrote uh, Love Child and uh, I'm Living in Shame for Diana Ross Ooh. and the Supremes. I mean, they wrote tons of songs. Yes. But they took me on and, and kind of nurtured me mm. as as a kid, you mm. know. And, and, and you I were, what, 16, 17? Uh, 16. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, 15, 16. Yeah. So it started at that point. That's kind of where the professional part started. Okay. I had a band at, I was in bands at 13 and 14 mm-hmm. and we were gigging at like military installations. My, um, I call him my, my dad, uncle Chester Leonard, mm. uh, was managing the band and we were playing military installations all over California. Mm. So I'd come back to school on Monday, like two, $300 in my pocket. And I'm like, you know, I, why am I here with these kids? <laughs> I'm know. making money. Yeah, I'm making dough. <laughs> what is it? You know, so yeah. Wow. But, yeah. So it was, it's, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. I mean, that I don't know if that could even happen now. Mm. Um, very, you know, it's, it's it's just a different atmosphere. Yeah, it's totally um, different. different. It, it is know. different. We're going to talk about that. I want to yeah. I want to segue a little bit more about that demo and and that discovery by Motown and that connection and that build for you. So now, are you singing more because Definitely. now you're connected with with Motown? So mm-hmm. they're putting you in different strategic places. And are you opening for people at this no, time? No, I wasn't doing any too much uh, performance stuff. It okay. was mostly recording. And you know, the, 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 there's a huge difference between live singing mm. and singing in studio. Yes. Um, a lot of, a, lo- a lot of people don't really recognize or understand the difference mm-hmm. um, that, you know, there, there are, there's a, there's technique to mm. studio singing mm. that doesn't necessarily translate to the stage right? Um, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was learning just so, so much okay. being in the studio with, I don't know if Pam Sawyer is watching right now, but <laughs> she was hard on me. <laughs> like David Ruffin. We need more. I need more soul, you know, like Ruffin. I'm 15. Can barely uh, spell you know, the right. You know what I mean? And she wants you and to be she's him. like, I need more. But, but it was cool because like, I, I grew up, like I said, listening to, to Bishop Floyd, who yeah. was soul personified. Mm. And then she's telling me David Ruffin. And I'm like, okay, that's more soul. And then then I find out there's like Bobby Womack and then Dennis Edwards mm. and all these soul singers. singers. And I, that's kind of what I grew up to right, be. Right, yeah. It's like this soul singer mm-hmm. from all of that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's a good thing. 
Amen. That's a good thing. Amen. That's a good thing because yeah. there's so many artists that don't look like yourself, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, that want to sound so Sure, sure. So it's a good and, thing. And, and there are some that absolutely do. Yeah. There's some they that do. got it. The Kenny yeah. Loggins, Michael McDonald's, mm-hmm. Alan Stone, and, and I love Justin Timberlake. I don't care what y'all say. Mm-hmm. I love that boy. Mm-hmm. And I think he's awesome. Um, I, I I mean, today, like I said, I, I really, really like Alan Stone. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, of that new crop of, of, of soul singer, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, but, yeah, I that's kind of where that came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you evolve from singing into the studio to performing live and then maybe even writing? Did these ladies help you in, or inspire you to Absolutely. start writing? Absolutely. Um, watching them craft mm-hmm. their their work and how they went about you know you know they were so meticulous and I guess that's that Motown training okay um so in it indirectly I got it um the same training that Mr. Gordy put all of his writers through mm-hmm. I was able to sit under and kind of get that, get that mm-hmm. as well um but I um, and then I studied a lot of of what they didn't tell me. I, okay. I still wanted to know. Okay. But um, as as a songwriter, I think it really kind of happened with me playing in bands, mm-hmm. and we would do shows and stuff. And then, you know, we we were cover bands, so we mm-hmm. played everybody else's stuff. And I kept saying, "Well, I mean, I can I can write that. I okay. Mean, you know, I mean, I, I see Marilyn and Pam do it. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of thing. And I I I think I can I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so I started like writing songs you know i bring my ideas back to the band and we started doing it um we went from a, a band called fistful of soul which was the band that toured all the mil- military installations mm-hmm. um uh to a band called seventh heaven uh back in those 70s late 70s early 80s days you, you had a band that had a rhythm section and a horn section right. and singers right. and it was 12 people on stage. The stage yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. Rose Royce and yeah. Brass yeah. Construction yeah. And, and Cameo and all yeah. that. You know, I mean, Earth they were big, Earth, like, Wind and Fire. Yeah, yeah. They were huge bands, right? Yeah. So Seventh Heaven, we had like 11 people. We had mm. a horn section, we had a rhythm section, we had singers. Mm. Um, and then we, we just kind of figured, you know what? I think we want to do this like for real. For real, for real. And mm. so uh, Cornelius Mims, myself, uh, Rex Salas, uh, Chucky Booker, yeah. uh, who a lot of people know, mm-hmm. um, Derek and Thomas Oregon, uh, uh, we kind of pulled ourselves to the side and said, hey, um, we need to scale this down mm. and do it for real. Okay. And that's what we did. And we stepped aside. And from Seventh, and, seventh Heaven, we became a band called Tease. And Tease... Uh, you know, we were going to need original mm-hmm. material and everything. Mm-hmm. So we started writing a bunch of our, our, okay. our own stuff and okay. everything. We entered a radio Battle of the Bands contest in L.A. in 1981. I was, what, 19 at that point. Um, and we won mm. and got the attention of a guy named Ollie Brown, mm. who was at that point, uh, I think he had just left Stevie Wonder's band okay. uh, as Stevie's drummer for years. Okay. Um, Played with Quincy Jones, all this kind of stuff. But anyway, he got us a record deal mm. at RCA, and nice. that set us on set the, you on the way. On the way. What was the first song you wrote, Kipper? First song. Yes. What was it? <laughs> what was it? Uh, it is a song called Cena's Song. There was this girl, of course, of you know. Of course, yeah, there was always ask. a girl. So there was a girl named Cena who Cena Shagwa. She still lives in Carson. Hey, Cena, if you. <laughs> but um she was i mean just she was so beautiful she was a cheerleader she was just everything everybody loves cena so rex solace and myself we wrote this song called cena song i want to taste the wine and tell you that you're mine it's so barry manilow it's like <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was totally and anyway we recorded it mm. and then we Gave the song, I think, like on a cassette, like yes, to, her. to her. And we made this little gold record thing. And here's a gift for you to hold until this record turns to gold. Oh and my God. Really? I swear, right? Come that on. is so, so hokey. Yeah. But we did. <laughs> However, our, the city we grew up in, Carson, California, mm-hmm. which is like just south of LA, um, uh, the director of Parks and Rec held a songwriters competition. He was just a big music guy. Mm-hmm. 
And so Rex and I entered that song in the songwriters competition and we won first place. Are you serious? We sure did. Congratulations. Well, how about it? <laughs> I think we might have got a hundred. You might have got you, know? you always getting some money. Now let's be clear about that. Your profession has uh, your art has always made way for you to get some kind of money. Well, and that's good. So yeah, that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful yes. thing. Yeah, God is awesome. Your preference. You prefer singing more or writing? What's your preference? I don't have one. You don't? Mm-mm. I don't have one. I love to sing. I love to be on stage. Okay. Um, that's my favorite place in the world mm. to be. Um, I'm safe there. That's my mm. safe zone. Mm. I can be whoever you want. I can to be. be whoever I want, do whatever I want. I can just act however. Yeah. I'm not like that at home. So I get to do whatever I want on stage. So that's my favorite place to be. I also love the feeling of when you've written something that you go, Oh, wow. 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 That's incredible. Mm. Let me be very clear, though. Um, I, I'm called a songwriter because I'm the guy that gets to put his name on it. Okay. I'm not a songwriter. I'm the guy who God chose to hold a pen. Mm. And it's just that simple. I Every time I try to do it, like on my own, mm-hmm. it's so whack. <laughs> so it's it's really about yielding and being a vessel okay. and allowing the process to happen mm-hmm. through just, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just being a good vessel. Yes. Um, now if I can take credit for anything, it's that. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. But I can't, you know, I can't take credit for the gift of it. It's not, it ain't mine to take credit for. Okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate your, you being humble. That's wonderful and thankful. Yeah. I mean, that's just for real for me. But really. now I want you to brag a little bit. I want you to <laughs> list. I want you to tell the people some of the songs that you've had the opportunity people. to write okay. your name on as, as a songwriter. Yes. Come on. Tell them. Hit them. Hit them. Hit them. So I, I wrote a bunch of stuff through the mid late eighties. Um, but I guess the first Big record was, um, thank, I think, um, thank you for the funk by the boys, mm. uh, at Motown. Really? Yeah. Um, and then, and, and also crazy for your love. Y'all don't remember that too, but look up the boys on Motown. Mm. You'll see my name on that record. But then, then there was right after that, I got a call from a friend named Ed Eckstein, my dear brother and friend who said, hey, we just signed this lady. She was Miss America, yada, yada. Um, You know, she's looking for some music. Uh She's been working with a bunch of people. It hasn't worked out. Do you have a song for her? And I'm like, absolutely. Yes. I did not. But that is not the point. (laughs) It's all about when they call and ask, take the meeting. Right. So if they ask you if you got it, say yes. Right. If you don't got it, get it. Get it. On the way to the meeting. <laughs> so I stayed up all night and I hammered out this little piece and uh, took it to Rex Solace, our, one of our keyboard players. And, you know, he and Chucky were like, okay, that's cool, but let's kind of fix this. Let's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we did. And I turned it in. And that song ended up being the right stuff mm. for Vanessa Williams, which was her very first single yes, as yes. a recording artist. Yes, it was good. Um, and I did like, Three, I think, maybe other songs mm-hmm. on that album. And then uh, shortly after that, I think I did the five heartbeats. Uh, there's a song called In the In the Middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you all know that movie, but if you do, there's a scene where Eddie Kane has left the group and they now have the new singer yeah. Flash. Yeah. Yeah. And when they come out, they sing every time I try to leave, I always come back. Back in the middle again. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I wrote that. Okay. Yes. And then there's another song um, that's in the movie, but not on the soundtrack. Okay. Um, uh, called uh, Carry On. It was actually on my solo record, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, so I did that. And then Vanessa called back, said, let's do the second record. Mm-hmm. So then I did The Comfort Zone, yes. <laughs> which was her, uh, the title track to her second yes, album. Yes, I love it. And then we uh, was working with Keith Crouch. At the time, we had done my solo record uh, for uh, Virgin, uh, along with uh, the guy that I did my the comfort zone with, mm-hmm. Reggie Stewart, mm-hmm. my dear friend Reggie Stewart. Um, so we were working on new music, and we had a song, Keith and I, that I thought was going to be perfect for Vanessa. 
But Keith's manager, <clears throat> excuse me, had just signed this little girl over at Atlantic. Little girl. And well, she was. She was fourteen yeah. at the time. And he was like, "Hey, man, can you think she can demo that record? Because I think she'd do a great job." Okay. Um, and I was like, feeling myself as yeah. Chance Rapper says. <laughs> so, um, but we let her demo the record, and I had to be like, "Oh, no, no, no! Let her do this." Yeah, record. yeah. And Vanessa had saved the best for last. Her career was taking a yes, different, yes, a different traje- trajectory, and so the little girl demoed the record. Come on. And that record was uh, "I Want to Be Down" mm. for Brandy, yes. which just turned twenty-five. Yes, in September. congratulations! Um, yeah, thank you. And um, and I want to be down. And then we did "Baby" with Rasan Patterson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Keith and I wrote "Broken Hearted," mm-hmm. which ended up being also a duet with Brandy and Wanye Morris yeah, from Boys yeah, Men. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so there was that album that sold like five million copies. copies. Um, and then after that, it was Kenny Lattimore. I did mm. Never Too Much, Never Too Busy for him. I love that song. Uh, which was his very I first single. You wrote that song. I yeah, love that with, song. With, with the uh, incredible Dave Hall. Oh, from, uh, Never Too Busy. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it was a beautiful song. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so we did that. Um, and I did I did like five songs on Kenny's first album. Oh. Uh, and then two on his second album. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also Deborah Cox, uh, yeah. a song called The Sound of My Tears, mm-hmm. which is on her first album. Yes. Uh, we did, um, Shaka Khan. Um, we did a song for her called something deep. Mm. Um, uh, it was just, uh, the, the floodgates kind of opened. Open. I mean, there was Silk and Darius Rucker and, um, You wrote for Darius Rucker? I did. Hootie and the Blowfish? Uh, the, yeah. I, I would love for, here. I would actually love to write for Darius if you're watching. Yes. Sir. Uh, I want to write for him now that he's doing his country he's music country thing music because now. I love country music. Do you really? I, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Um, I, I love Ashley Monroe. Um, wow. I, I mean, there are just some country artists that I just, I just absolutely love. He is killing it um, in country music. Oh yeah, he is. He's he's, he's like king right now. Yeah, he, he is. just kind of slummed and did a tour with the band right yeah, now because he is like ruling he in country. Sure is. That's yeah. his love. Like uh, yeah. that's where his heart, his passion is. Apparently, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. So that's just some of the stuff, um, you know, that I've been able to kind of see through. But twenty-five years. Brandy's twenty-fifth anniversary of that Brandy album. Yeah, yeah. And you've been we'll receiving. You, we could talk about it now. You've been receiving <laughs> some accolades about that. Yes, no, like. Um, um, well, just, she certainly has, and that, and, that, and that blesses me. Yes. Um, she got the President's Award from BMI mm-hmm. uh, this year, uh, this past August, which was just awesome to see. Yeah. And, and I hadn't seen her and her family in years, and it was great to just kind of catch up yeah. and, and hug her neck and and you know get get that you know. That love and that was that was great. Her dad, who's one of my favorite people ever, Mr. Mm-hmm. Willie Norwood. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, man, this is so wonderful. He said, Kipper, this is your night too. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. you know, that's that's him though. Nice. He's just he's that guy. Nice, you know, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been awesome. Um, just I can't believe it's been twenty five. Can't years. believe it, but there's you know? been such a difference. In how artists are groomed. I mean, to your earlier points and earlier comments, the fact that people embodied you and took you under their wing and kind of shared with you their knowledge and their experience and things that they learned and kind of passed that on to you. Mm -hmm. Is the model different these days from what you can see? I know we're kind of on the out. I'm on the outside looking in, but you may have more of a of a a better view. You know, I don't know. I, I, I can't really say that it's different. Like that. Okay. But what I can say is that because I was raised in this business the way that I was, uh-huh. that it's my responsibility to raise the ones coming after me. Okay. In the same fashion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to another point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Well, maybe you do know. I don't know that I enrolled at the Berkeley College of Music um, last year. Uh, I finished my first year. Dean's Yay! list. So, um, did he, did he say <laughs> Dean's is bragging? Absolutely. Hey, I got to brag about that. Now, that work I did do. Yeah. <laughs> so I start my second year on the 18th of this, uh, 13th of this month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. But I did it because uh, a couple of years ago, I was recovering from hip replacement surgery. Yeah. And um, 
uh, the, the first of two. Um, but uh, I was invited to come and speak at Full Sail University by mm -hmm. a friend of mine, Darrell Pert. Um, and I went thinking that, you know, there'd be like 20, 30 kids or something maybe come in and, you know, nobody knows me. It's just, it'll be just a, you know, a nice little, little nice uh, little conference yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And when I got there, there were like 200 kids. They didn't have seats in the room for everybody. Wow. wow. And I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. And they were like glued. Mm -hmm. They were gleaning on it like every word. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was amazing. Mm. And, um, a couple of the faculty members were like, Hey, so evidently we would love to have you here. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. so what's your degree in? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Um, so I dropped out of college <laughs> in my first year because I got a record deal mm. and, um, and they were like, you know, well, if you ever want to, you know, take care of that and come uh, back, talk to us, let us know. And so I, studied all the stuff on the landscape to see, you know, how I could make that happen and everything. And Berkeley offered me the best situation. Wow. And so I enrolled and it's been wonderful awesome. and enlightening. I was one of those guys because of the time that I've served in this business. I don't want to say served like it's prison, mm. but um, the time that I put in, uh, it's changed so drastically mm -hmm. that you find a lot of people who have been in the business as long as I have saying things like the business is dead. Um, mm. it's, it's over. It's, it's, it's not what it used to be. Okay. Yada, yada, all these very negative mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. you know, that you'll hear. Um, but the Berkeley program has revived my enthusiasm mm. hundreds and hundreds of percent. Okay. Okay. I mean, just, I'm, I'm so enthused about where the business is right now, how to operate in it, especially as an independent artist. Okay. Because that's the era and time mm -hmm. and place mm -hmm. where we are right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But there's so much available, yeah. so many platforms, so much to do. You have to do the work. The mm -hmm. difference is the record companies used to do everything mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they send the limo to your house yeah. and you get the five star hotel right. and the, you know, the, all the cushy treatment and mm -hmm. everything. Well, no, now you have to do the work. Okay. But all the money Comes and the reward. Is yours directly to you? Yeah, mm -hmm. and your vision that you may have had initially—that's the thing about being at a record company. You know, you're you had to kind of do what they said. Yeah, do right, and still, right. you know, that's right. kind of how that works. Mm -hmm. If they're footing the bill, then you know, you got to do. I'm buying the groceries. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what's good. Yeah. So, but <laughs> the way that it is now is your vision. You can see it all the way through, mm. but you have to do the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and you're not intimidated by the fact that technology is here. The platforms are different. Like uh, it's just, it's just a lot. Right? I embrace it. Okay. Good. I absolutely good. embrace it. Good. You know, I, I try to associate myself with people who do uh, business in the new way, mm. who do music in the new ways. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and just absolutely embrace the new technology. Mm -hmm. I think it's phenomenal mm -hmm. that you can write, record, market, and distribute a record from your house. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. think it's absolutely remarkable. Yeah. yeah. You know, with the advent of the internet and all of these platforms, there are crowdfunding platforms to help you pay for it. They're, um, just, all, you know, marketing uh, uh, platforms to 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 help get your stuff to the attention of a global audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are there's so many ways, and I'm just so grateful. Um, I can't say enough about the Berkeley program. Um, my professors, John Kellogg, uh, uh, Jay Coyle, um, have just turned me on to things that I just I, I'm, I'm just blown away. Wow, you know what I mean? Wow. And so that is my responsibility to take all of this information that I'm getting and impart it to the next generation exactly. of people coming in exactly. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. That's you know? what we're supposed to do. Is yeah. there anybody you'd like to work with in, in the newer, younger generation? Is there anybody you'd like to work with? There are lots of people I would like to work with in the new uh uh, the, the new school of, of yes, artists. Yes. Uh, I mentioned Alan Stone. Mm -hmm. I, I really, really like Alan Stone a lot. 
Oh, by the way, I have a, a, one of the people I want to work with. I have a song on his new album. Uh, who knew? Chance the Rapper. Um, <laughs> who is my, I'm sure he's, you know, probably 20 to 30 years my, my junior, uh, but he's my role model in the new music good business. For you. Absolutely. Because he and his manager, Pat Corcoran, have figured out how this thing works. Mm. They just have it down to a science and it's awesome to watch. Awesome. And that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I would, you know, I'd love to work with him again. I want to work with Darius. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have this country music thing that I have just been dying to get out, to get out. Mm. And, and, um, you know, so I really want to do that. I want to go to Nashville and, and try to operate in that system. That mm. system is a lot more, it's a lot different than, um, regular songwriting. Mm. Their, their, their thing is a nine to five. It's a real, Really? It's a real thing. You kiss mm. the kids off to school, you go to work, <laughs> you write all day, and then you come home and yeah. you know, kiss the wife and have dinner. Yeah. It's a real nine occupation. Five, it's yeah. a nine to five. And and I love that mm. the fact that they look at, you know, at that kind of thing. But um there there are people out there, even on the soul music side, I mean Eric Roberson, mm. uh my, my dear friend Eric and, and Cy Smith, mm-hmm. Carmen Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Um uh um her and and Zoe mm-hmm. and, and Fonte. Yeah. Um there are people out there that have this thing worked out. Oh, mm. They understand how this thing can work mm-hmm. if you put the work in. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just in, in awe and admiration of all of them. I think they're awesome and incredible, you know. Are you, are you, married? oh, not to leave out Rasan Patterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't forget him. Can't forget him. Absolutely. He's, he's incredible. Are you in the, are you able to mentor people at this point in your life? Cause you have so much information and experience. Are you passing it on through mentoring people? I mean, I kind of do, not in an official okay. sense. All right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm Uncle Kipper at Gmail. Yes, he Holla is. Holla at your boy. Yes. Um, but I'm I'm here for that. Okay. I'm here for that. And and not only mentoring the younger people that are coming in. Just anyone. But yeah, kind of, this is not a word, but I'm going to make it up, reheartening those of us <laughs> who have... <laughs> <laughs> who have been in the business yeah. who cannot seem yeah. to make heads or tails mm-hmm. of what in the world is going on. It's right difficult. Now. It's difficult to try to navigate Be- through because this. you have to let go of the old stuff. Yes, say and, it again, Kimber. And, and you know, the unfamiliar can be intimidating. Very intimidating. Yeah, yeah. it can be. Yeah, unless you're like me, I'm like a daredevil. I like stuff I don't know. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like to go places I've never been. I like stuff I don't know. Yeah. It, it's 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 invigorating. Uh, just to kind of take the leap, mm-hmm. uh, there is a, I'm, I'm a quote guy. There's a quote that says leap and the net will find you. Okay. And I, I, I live by that. Mm. You know, it's like, mm. take the shot. How you yeah. going to know if you don't do it? Do My it. pastor said it today. He said, if you don't fight, you won't win. Mm. Hey, but if you do fight, you might win. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to so try. It's like you got to you got to fight. Yeah, it's very it's very intimidating because we live in a we operate it's just human nature. We yeah. used to do it like this mm. or I'm used to doing it like this. And and that's fine and that's cool, but it there's change, right? And it's evolution. And and yes. just like when we came on the, the elders before us were saying, we used to do it this way and we came and created change. And so we have to embrace change as it, as it continues to happen. Otherwise you're going to get left. The one thing that is sure to be constant is change. Yes. Um, yes. And so I embrace it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, that old stayed slogan of, well, this is how we've been doing it. <laughs> Is sure to kill you. you Can you, you put you some will, more attitude in it? This is how we've been, how we been, been doing, doing it. it. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I hate that. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, um, I did a personal awareness uh, seminar, I guess you call it. I don't know what you call it, but it's called Landmark. I don't know if people know about Landmark. But check out LandmarkWorldwide.com if mm. you get a chance. Um, it is... One of the most freeing um, 
kinds of activities you could possibly ever endeavor mm. in. Okay. Um, but one of the things that they teach you is the fact that just because you've been doing it that way yeah. does not mean that you have to continue to I do it know. that way. I know. And, you know, it doesn't take you to any degree of, I don't know, success, for lack of a better right, word, right. or anything. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, you will find yourself in an absolute rut just because that's how we used to do right. it. You know, well, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You know, it, does, it just it just simply doesn't have to. Mm. And you can open up yourself to limitless possibility if you can just visualize doing things in a different way, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, You know, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 okay to record your album at home. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to record an EP and not a fourteen song there, album. There you go. It's, it's okay. It's it's okay to release a single mm-hmm. and not a whole album. Right. I mean, just there really aren't any rules. You make you make your rules. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. that's that's the really really great place about where the business is now is you write your own ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Make your own rules. And yeah. it's, you know, okay, so that didn't work. So try it this way. Yeah. Do it that way. I'll do it again. I'll do whatever. It just does it. There's nothing dictated to you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you, because I know you and I know how much you love Carson, just L.A., California. Yeah. How did you end up in Atlanta? <laughs> okay. So I left L.A. in 2000. Um, I wasn't happy. No. No. No, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the way things were going Okay, for me. Um, I was getting lost in myself. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll be very candid. All right. Um, I was not, not happy. There were things going on in my life that were not good. Okay. Um, and just because you're making a whole lot of money does not mean that you are a successful person. Mm. Success is what you define it as. Mm. And so the money was flowing. Mm. I mean, I, I had, you know, number one records and all that kind of stuff. So I, I didn't have any money problems. Okay. But I had person problems. Okay. I had a problem with me. All right. Um, with self acceptance and mm. all kinds of things like that. So I, um, I got a, uh, <laughs> I got a directive, and it's funny. I got a directive from God mm. uh, that said, "You need to get out of here, or you're gonna die right here." Wow. And I don't want to, you know, scare anybody or anything like that. But yeah. I mean, I try to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Qu- Quincy Jones, who is, you know, the guru of all gurus, yes. uh, has a, a couple of the things he says. And one of them is like when you're engaged in the creative process uh, and you, you know, sitting down to write or whatever that is, pull up an empty chair. Okay. So that when God comes to visit, he'll have a place to sit. Um, I... I kind of, I, I take to that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of use that. And I, so when I hear the voice, um, the voice of God for me is always uh, my grandfather, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. was like my greatest uh, influence. And um, so I, that voice said, get out of here. Yeah. And I did. And I'm like, but where do I go? Right. That's the thing with my yeah. skill set. Where do I go? Yeah. Uh, Go to Dallas. You always have a good time in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that ought to pay the bills. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So um, I went to Dallas and found out why God had me to go to Dallas. Uh, went to a church called Friendship West Baptist Church mm-hmm. uh, where I met a gentleman named Freddie Haynes and... Um, set me on a whole new trajectory. I uh, had a short conversation with him and he kind of laughed and he said, Kipper, you're going to be fine. As soon as you realize that what you do is not who you are. Okay. Okay. And that's what I said. I kind of got caught up yeah. and lost yeah, yeah. in the, in the, in the who you are oh, part. Right. I never even really thought about it because I was so caught up in the, what you do. Mm, mm. Um, and so I didn't pay any attention to the fact that I was, a freestanding human being. Okay. I was uh, Maybelle and Matthew's grandson and, and Phyllis and Buddy's son and Jane and Tiger's brother and everybody else's singer songwriter and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I didn't get 
who I was who to were. me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I spent those six years in Dallas getting to know me. Okay. And my sister invited me out here to Atlanta in uh, December 06. Um, just celebrated my Atlantiversary. <laughs> um, to spend Christmas with her and the kids. Uh, and I came. I've been to Atlanta a hundred times. Right. But it just meant something else. They took me to Sambuca. You remember yeah, Sambuca? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They took me to Sambuca, Ooh. and I don't even remember who was playing. Ooh, um, but there was a band playing, and my sister goes, "Oh, you should go sing, go up there and sing with the band." And I was like, "Oh, you know, I don't do that anymore." You know, she was like, "Boy, if you don't go up there," I was like, "I was like, okay, all right, all right." So I went, and um, they were like, "So what? What you want to say?" And I was like, "Uh, you know, uh, uh Masquerade by George Benson." Ooh. And um. And they were like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. So I, I started singing. Are we really happy here with this lonely game we play? Right? Yeah. And the voice came back. And the voice said, now you can go back to work. Really? And I went back to Dallas and put my stuff in storage where it was for 11 years. Wow. And, uh. And I, I'm here, Atlanta. and I've been here ever since. I just celebrated my 13th. 13th anniversary. 13th year, yeah. Being uh, here, time goes by quick here. Goes by quick here. Very I don't quick know. Here. There's so much to do. So much to here. do. Wasn't Sambuca magical? It was. Well, it was for me. It was sure. awesome. I used to go there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw some great people come through there. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, what was the Tony Rich project? He came oh, wow. through. Wow. I saw Al Be Sure. Joey Somerville used to play there a lot. It, you know, I don't know if Joey was there. That I don't even remember who was I, there that night. If you him. remember <laughs> and me coming through there in December yeah. 06, yeah. please yeah. let me you know, know if you were playing at Sambuca oh, that night because I don't remember who was there. Yeah. And whoever it is, I'm sure I know very well mm, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, that's so So cool. you did that in 2008. You packed and you came back and you've been... You brought all your things and you've been here just... And I, I absolutely reinvented myself. Okay. Um, I went to Cafe 290. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a woman named Carol Ozamoya. Carol O. She used to host a show called Who's Got That Vibe? Okay. It was a little talent show. All right. I found out that they were doing that and I signed up for it. Mm. Um, you always signing up. And for I stuff. didn't tell anybody anything <laughs> about who I was right. or nothing, nothing like that, what I'd done. And I went and I sang and I didn't win. And I was like, okay, I'm good with that. I can, I can do that. And then I went back and I did it again. And one of the judges was some radio guy. I don't remember who it was, Okay. but I was singing a song that I wrote and he goes, Hey, aren't you? I was like, uh, 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 (laughs) we're not doing that. We are not doing that. You know, but it was too late. So then, uh, you know, it was like, okay, so, um, yeah, you need to be doing this, this, and this. Right. And then I, I had, um, I hooked up with William Green, mm-hmm. a phenomenal mm-hmm. jazz mm-hmm. Uh, keyboardist here in town. Yes. And he and I played every Friday night at Cafe 290 for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started my own band, Kipper Jones R&B Circus. Yes. Here in town with yes. Quentin Robinson, and uh, I'm still doing the circus. Still doing the circus. And uh, now it's Kipper Jones R&B Circus featuring the Black Bettys, and Ooh. which is amazing. The Black Bettys. My computer died. <laughs> um, yes, the Black Bettys, uh, Cherie and uh, and Sharita Murphy. They are ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous. Um, and they're wonderful. And I've just written a new song with Rodney Edge for the Bettys. Y'all ain't even ready. <laughs> you ain't even going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Where are you guys performing at? We are at St. James Live mm. uh, in uh, the Camp Creek area. Okay. Um, uh, beginning uh, January 17th, which is uh, Martin Luther King weekend. Weekend. Uh, Friday night, King weekend. Mm-hmm. And then every third Friday thereafter. Nice. Yeah, we were playing every first Friday, but now it's every third okay. Friday. I'm going to check you out with the Black Please Bettys. Please do it with the Black Bettys. It's going down like four flat tires. You do not want to miss it. <laughs> it is It is that. Yes. You got new music. 
I do. I do. Talk us about. Tell do. us about. Talk to us about the new music. Kipper. Okay, so Uncle Kipper. Again, uh, Berkeley. Um, I wanted to try to take advantage of uh, some of the marketing. Uh, information, yes. lack of a better term, yes. that I've received in my in my uh, Berkeley experience. And so what I decided to do is I'm in this dance music phase of my life right now. Dance music phase. And then the other thing is, yeah, I'm a songwriter and I love to write songs. Yeah, I do. But I also like to sing and perform other people's stuff. Mm. I, I mean, there's some great music that's out there already. I mean, that's another reason why I started the R&B Circus, mm-hmm. is just to kind of be yeah. kind of be a, a, a beacon of, you know, uh, that sort of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, those songs that are already out there that are great and that have been for years. But what I did uh, was I have this concept that I want to do. It's called Trip the Soul Fantastic. And it is a series of classic soul records done as dance records. So the first one is Marvin Gaye's I Want, I want you, you, which uh, I was playing with the band. We've been playing it for a while, which kind of really sparked the whole thing anyway. Mm. And so we recorded it and it is available. Uh, it's available for a uh, free download mm. at the website at uh, kipperjones.com. Mm. You can go download it for free or you can pay what you want for it. Uh, mm. You can pay $100 for it. I'm not mad. <laughs> Uh, I'll take it, but, uh, but you can get it there. And, um, it's also, uh, at every streaming platform, mm. um, because it's, I'm figuring out how this whole thing all works. Right. So I get to see how the song operates, um, from a retail standpoint and also from a streaming standpoint, people argue that streaming doesn't pay the royalties mm. that like radio pays okay. and they get all flustered. Oh, well, you know, my record, is good. you know, they said, uh, Pharrell got like, uh, X amount of millions of streams for happy. Um, but he only got like $1,500 or something like that for all the streams. Yeah. But for all the streams, he also got all this notice. You get people that are still streaming it today. If somebody buys your record, they bought, they bought it today. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. They bought it. But if they're streaming your record, they're streaming it now, they're streaming it next week, next year, uh, forever on. Right. It's it's a different sort of income stream. It's okay. not the same short-term thing that we're used to seeing. Okay. Okay. So you just kind of have to look at it differently. Again, that's how we used to do it. Well, you don't have to do it like that anymore. It's it's just a different, different way. way. Different you know way. what I mean? A different way. And so the streaming thing can open you up to a far greater, far more broad audience um, uh, and, and it's just an amazing thing, what you can then do with that, mm-hmm. with your merchandise, with your live music appearances, yeah, yeah, with your, you know, yeah, you that. have opened yourself yes. up now to an extremely large audience. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do with it? Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how that, that's how it, how is. it is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. now you, you're opening the door for collaborations that otherwise would not have existed. Happen. Yeah. So yeah. you just kind of just being relevant. Um, I try not to use that word. Why not? Um, because it implies that someone else is irrelevant and oh. I don't like that. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I try to just say maybe viable. Okay. Um, you know, uh, or, or increase your viability. Okay. Um, because I, I just, I don't want to say that anybody's not relevant. Okay. I just think that everybody has a shot. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So music is out. Music's out. Um, the next things. singles come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a um, uh, remix on the "I Want You" record, which is actually going to debut later today. <laughs> yeah, more on that if you go to the website kipperjones.com. Absolutely. Later today, like, what is there a specific time today? Uh, like after, after five, five. After five o'clock today. <laughs> after five o'clock Because you're a busy man today. After, yes, after I understand. Today. I understand. So we'll get the remake of that. Mm-hmm. Any more music in the pipeline? Yes, and then the new single comes. Mm. Um, yeah, I can tell you. You think so? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
think, I, I, think I think no. Okay. No, no, you're not going to no, I'm not going to tell. I got to hold it. You got to hold it. I got to hold it. So I want to scream and bust it right out and no, tell you, but no, I can't. Then told. I can't. So the way we'll find out is we need to check your website, follow you on social media. What's, your, so- on social media. What's your social media handle? I am Uncle Kipper at, um, <laughs> at most social media. I am the only Kipper at Twitter. Mm. Um, I'm also Uncle Kipper at Twitter. You know, you have a couple accounts. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, but I'm Uncle Kipper pretty much everywhere at Instagram, um, and uh, yeah. So either the only Kipper or Uncle Kipper, check them both. Okay. Um, and then if you can't add me as a friend on Facebook, I totally understand because you know they got this five thousand person limit, which I think is <laughs> whack. So inbox me and we'll communicate that way. Okay. But. If you go to the fan page, Kipper Jones, at Facebook, okay, you you can like the page yeah. and stay in touch and all of that. There's also a fan page for the band, Kipper Jones, R, and the letter N-B mm. Circus, R-N-B Circus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can keep in touch that way. But, yeah, shoot me an email, Uncle Kipper at Gmail. Um, the record company is called Now Then Nothing ventures nothing ventures and so you can uh if there's like any you know booking information or you know you want to book me or the band or yada yada Mm -hmm. please send an email to now then nothing at gmail Mm. um and and that will you know kind of get the ball rolling Mm. um and now i mean you're going to ask me now then nothing what does that mean my mother asked me that too what does that mean well it's a landmark thing all you really have is right now. Okay. And then nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and in that nothing, you can create whatever you want. In that nothing lies the land of possibility. In that nothing is everything you've ever imagined and would like to see happen. So now, then, nothing. nothing. Mm. So Very magical. Magical, she says. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very magical. I wanted to ask you, where do you get the name Uncle Kipper from? Why Uncle Kipper? Okay, because, and I had this conversation with my niece the other day. <laughs> uh, um, my niece, Jordan, Jordan Summers, she's, hey, Jordy. Um, she is the first person who ever called me Uncle Kipper. Hmm. And... It just kind of stuck. Okay. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? Okay. She called me Uncle Kipper. And then so all the kids around, they called me Uncle Kipper. And then my nephew, Gavin, who came next, you know, it's Uncle Kipper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these days, you know, the hip end thing, they call all the old dudes, um. Yeah. Right? What's yeah. up, um? What's up, um? You know, so I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll wear it. And I'll be Uncle Kipper. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I really kind of wear it as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's fine for me. Mm, you know, because now even you called me I Uncle Kipper do. when you see me. Hi, Uncle Kipper. I do. It just rolls right out. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, anybody can call me Uncle Kipper. I'll answer to it. But by by right, there are four people that uh, Jordan, Gavin, Caleb and Kennedy. And they can call me Uncle Kipper anytime because yes. <laughs> I am actually yes. their uncle. Yes. So. Yes. Probably a fun, a loving uncle anyway. Uh, I, I love those kids. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, yeah. this was good, Kipper. Well, thank you. Thank Michelle. you. Thank you for your time. Thank you no. for your time. I wish you nothing but continued success in everything that you do. Thank you. Because I've seen you perform. I love it. You're very engaging. You are a different person when you're on stage. <laughs> and this is true. we just, we, yeah, we <laughs> just vibe with you. You vibe with the crowd, the audience. I, you know, I, I enjoyed you when you were singing and being a part of the Sade tribute. Oh, I, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I yeah. really enjoyed your performance, you know, your contributions to that show. And then we were talking before we started about, um, the Prince tribute or the show that yeah, happened last year. Yeah. And I missed that, but I won't miss it again. Cause you're just awesome. Oh, you're you, good. Michelle. You're extremely good. And so this was an honor for me to have you here and talk to us about everything that you've experienced and what you've done and your contributions to music. Thank That's you. what it is. And so I wish you nothing but continued success. I'm a little scared because you're talking about Berkeley, California. You're talking about. No, Berkeley's Nashville. in Boston. It's in Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Berkeley's in Boston, but I'm doing it online. 
Okay. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. I'm not I'm going saying, like, I want to go to Nashville and I'm like, I want to go to Nashville and work and experience okay. it and all of that. But if I live in the United States for any length of time, it okay. will be in Atlanta. Well, that's good. We like yeah. you here. Yeah. Um, we like you here. You know, the, the atmosphere in this country is really kind of interesting right mm. now. That's like calling me away from here. Okay. And so if I stay in the United States yes. for, for, yes. you know, Atlanta will be my residence. Okay. Absolutely. We love having Absolutely. you here. Even if I left, Atlanta would still be my residence mm-hmm. when I come back. Yeah. We love having so, you here. I love being here. I love the people here. This is the most incredibly loving, wonderful musical community mm. I've ever experienced wow. in my life. I have to say that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's something else that I didn't really touch on here, but I'm going to be starting. Um, I've had a couple of meetings with, with, some of the musical people here, some of the creatives mm-hmm. here. I'm going to be starting a situation called Bigger Than Music, mm. which is about our mental and physical well-being in our musical and creative community here nice. in Atlanta because we have to look out for each other. Yes. Um, you know, music unions, musician unions and, and, and Naris and these academies, they can do a certain thing, but... Nobody can treat you like your family can treat you. Mm. And we are family here. Mm. And I want to uh, establish a a network and a resource for us mm. here mm. because we are deserving of that. We're an yeah. incredible group of people yeah. here. And I'm so honored, so honored. Oh, I can't awesome. say it enough awesome. to be part of this musical community in this town. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, whatever Real Chicks Rock can do to help you and support you in that, we're in. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm in. I'm in because I love music too. And I love what the community has done for me and my brand. So, yes, yeah. whatever well, we you. can do, we're in. Okay. Podcast coming. Next age. <laughs> next age podcast coming. Really? Yes, 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 when? yes, yes. When? Uh, probably next month, but it was going to be this month. But, you know, you have to fudge things. Okay. Uh, it's called Next Age, and it's all about advancing in age in this business. Ooh. Um, and nice. that, that is coming. There's also a merchandise line coming. Is it going to anything going to say Uncle Kipper on it? Maybe I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called Lyric Brand, L Y R I K Brand, Ooh. Lyric Brand, and it's all of like lyrics from songs that I've written. Ah, and it'll be like T-shirts and That's hats so and socks cool. and earrings for girls and candles. And, oh. Oh my God! Stuff and phone cases and you know you know how y'all do. So it's gonna be it's gonna be all that stuff. So lyric brand that's coming. Um, uh, yeah. So just awesome. Doing you, it, man. Ooh. Kip life. Digital merchandise. Digital digital just product. It's, it's merchandise. It's, merch, it's just a merch line. Yeah, it's a merchandise line. Um, there's that. Uh, I'm forgetting something, um, but it'll come to me in a moment. Uh, whoa. So. Also, talking about health and wellness. Yes. Um, I was on high blood pressure meds for a while. Really? Yeah. It's kind of hereditary, I guess, mm-hmm, or something like mm-hmm, that. But mm-hmm. I was not doing the best stuff for myself, not eating good, probably like smoking too much and uh, stuff like that. But I stopped and I got back in the gym <laughs> and taking good care of myself, I was able to get off. Good. Of Congratulations. And um, so one of the things that I want to do to kind of uh, focus on that is there are a lot of people my age and older who are in the gym and working out, doing Mm -hmm, their thing. mm -hmm. Um, And I I noticed like uh, I I wear Under Armour gear. I'm Mm -hmm. an Under Armour guy. Yeah. But I understand that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they don't cater to people in my age group, Mm -hmm. uh, 50 and up. Mm -hmm. Um, Nor... Do they cater to like the musical community who is into taking care of themselves? Right. So I am going to be, and you hear it here first, starting my own apparel line for uh, the 50 Up folks for workout gear. And it's called 50 Up Club. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I got a lot on the calendar. You got a lot on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm excited about it. So I'm gonna be buying some stuff. I'm gonna get me some money together. Come on, because <laughs> I'm gonna be buying some merchandise from you. Yeah, yeah. Good for you, Kipper. Yeah, I mean, I'm learning so much from these kids. Somebody else I love that I, I would like to work with too is Todrick Hall. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know Todrick yeah, at all, know. but he's an amazing, amazing talent. 
And he's got this. He doesn't even have a record deal. He is his own record deal. Yeah. But he sold out the Atlanta Symphony Hall. Um, nice. We went and to his show. But he's got the game figured out. And so that merchandise piece, I saw how yeah. he he says during his intermission, oh, by the way, if you go buy two pieces of merch, um, when you come backstage after the thing, I'll talk, I'll sign the yeah, autograph yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just stuff. Just, just brilliant. Just, yeah. Just you know simple. what I mean? Yeah, just, it's, it's and, simple. And, it's not rocket science. And still science. connecting with your consumer and your audience engagement. and all that. Engagement is key. Awesome. Yeah. 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 You have to engage your fan base. So, you do. Um, I, I, I want another, um, for those of you who are watching that my computer died and you're not still um, on my Facebook Live, give me some names. I want to know what to call people who are, um, I don't like the word fan. I don't. I don't like it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that sucks. But <laughs> but I wanna I wanna I wanna have a name for the people who like are into what I'm doing and are following me. Okay. Um, and what I'm doing. So y'all see y'all shoot me some suggestions. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. See what you come up with. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for your time today, Kipper. Have I taken up too much no, of yours? No, no, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. I gotta, I gotta let you go because you got a busy cat. You got a busy day to day. I do. I do. So I have to respect your time. But I well, thank, thank you, you so much for your time. Thank you so much. And again, all continue, nothing but continued success to you and everything thank you, that Michelle. you do. Thank you for having you're me. Welcome. I really do appreciate yeah, it. This was good. God bless you. God keep you. Yeah. Um, and if I could say anything to anybody who's watching. The world can be a better place if we just show each other a little more kindness. Mm. And I'm going to leave that right there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's my time. You know me. You can find me everywhere. Real Chicks Rock. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Follow, subscribe, like us. If you like this show today, put some comments in there. We're going to upload this to YouTube and we're going to be on iHeartRadio and iTunes and all that. Your comments and your ratings are very important to us. So please subscribe, like, and follow. Until next time, you guys Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Take Year. Care. Continue to rock on. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, you take care and continue to rock on.